0: You're listening to Just a Tangent Podcast with Tyler Boer and and Greg Miller, Miller, where we talk about movies, TV, and everything in between.
1: Welcome to Just a Tangent Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Boer.
0: And I'm Greg Miller, and we've got a a good episode for you.
1: Yeah. Today we are going to be reviewing our... Uh, trip to Texas that we took last week, and uh, along with that, we're going to talk about some some films that relate to that, mainly racing films.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, the Halloween episode that we did was uh, a bit longer by our standards, uh, so we're going to keep this one a little bit a little bit more brief. Um, but the trip was amazing, and uh, for those of you, well, I assume that pretty much nobody knows, but we went to the uh, the Formula One race in Austin, Texas. Um, Tyler and I did, and that was our first, like, trip as just the two of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, aside from, like, you know, taking a day trip somewhere. Yeah. But that was our first, like, out-of-state, you know, week-long trip.
1: Yeah, so we flew out, uh, Wednesday morning, around 7 o'clock or so, 7.30, and, uh, we had to go to Sarasota, Florida, and we didn't change planes, and we flew to Dallas, for a quick layover where we had enough time to grab some lunch and Gregory grabbed some photos and some videos of uh, some things in the airport that were pretty cool there and then we just got on a short flight from Dallas to San Antonio and we had decided to stay in San Antonio for the for the our entire trip there mainly because everything in Austin, rental cars, hotels. Food, everything is pretty pretty inflated for the race Uh, We knew it was going to be a big crowd I can't remember the record for the track um, For how many people were there But they broke it clearly So we'll talk about that a little bit later On how many people we we saw there And also between the two of us Gregory and I had five cameras And uh, we took a ton of photos and videos That will be compiled into a trip video At some point uh, this year For Gregory's YouTube channel
0: yeah, uh, which my YouTube channel is just my name, uh, Gregory Miller. That's G R E G G O R Y, M I L L E R, and I think I have the the uh, like custom URL now on YouTube because I I reached enough subscribers, so it's Yay. just yeah. Pew.
1: Just, insert uh, insert crowd noise here <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh i think it's just youtube.com uh slash gregory miller just how i spelled it just now and uh it should take you there but we had a lot of footage um but i shot 120p on a lot of it so gonna get some of that buttery smooth slow yeah. motion uh should should make it look pretty cool yeah
1: so, so uh Yeah, like I said, five cameras, a bunch of pictures and and videos, Um, so we are going to talk a little bit about that trip, and obviously, we were there for a race, so we are going to talk about some car and racing films for this shorter-length episode. Um, If you guys want to interact with us, uh, our Instagram is probably the best way to do it. My Instagram is Mr46Motorsports, I think it's Mr period four six underscore motorsports and greg what's your handle on instagram
0: uh, i believe mine is greg miller dot films so that's g-r-e-g-g miller period films and um i'm pretty sure it's period instead of an underscore yeah i think so yeah but anyways um, that's how you can reach me we are gonna have our own instagram just for yeah. the podcast but for now that's about it yep um also so- before we get started uh, i just want to give a spoiler warning this is a Uh, TV and movie podcast where we talk about a wide variety of uh, film and and movies and I just wanted to give a a forewarning before we get started. We typically try to name the movie or the show that we talk about before we talk about it Um, but just in case this is your spoiler warning.
1: Yeah. So back to the trip we get to San Antonio. We're about 10 minutes from our rental car so we just Ubered to it then from the rental car location we were about 10 minutes from our hotel so first day we get there i believe it was like what three and by the time we got like to the hotel it was around four yeah right around so get to the hotel check in get our room greg fell asleep um almost instantly pretty much um and then from there we kind of got our stuff together and we i wanted to go to a Black Rifle Coffee retail store. I knew there was one in a town nearby San Antonio, but what I did not realize until I started searching for basically trying to map out our our route, a Black Rifle Coffee San Antonio retail store popped up so and luckily enough the store I had planned on going to was like 45 minutes away and this um, one was like 10. Yeah, this one was like 10 minutes away. So, yeah, it was
0: and it was a really cool experience cuz I Um, I've only seen Black Rifle Coffee Company stuff through, like, whatever the Corridor crew has done. I mean, those of you who listen to our show regularly, you know I talk about them a good bit because I I look up to them, but, uh, they've done work with that, with that company. They do, like, different short films and stuff. Um, but it was cool, it was cool to step in, like, the actual store. I'm not a big coffee drinker, which some of you might gasp, but, uh, probably, probably the worst part about that if you're an avid coffee drinker is that we were in a physical store yeah and we both got hot chocolate yeah and
1: there's none o- over on the like the east side of the country most of them are on the west yeah. coast or texas you know i think utah has a couple um i think washington state has a few uh, i think the first one on the east coast we're going to get is in florida somewhere uh from what a couple mm-hmm. people working there had said but uh yeah greg and i unfortunately don't really care for coffee that much uh even though we were at black rifle coffee we still got some. to I'm wearing to one of hats right now. Yeah. Greg has a BRCC crosshair hat on from the store. Him and I dumped a, a bunch of money while we were there. Mm-hmm. Got some souvenirs for some family and friends and also plenty of stuff for ourselves. Yeah. So the first night we went to Black Rifle Coffee and didn't really know our way around. We had eaten breakfast and lunch during our travel, uh, but we did not eat dinner yet. So we had asked somebody there uh, what they recommended. And they said there, there was a place
0: called, uh, Los Bolitos. Yes. Uh, uh l- let me pronounce that a little bit better. Uh, Los Bolitos. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, L-O-S Balitos. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was awesome. And I mean, I, I'm sure there'll be a lot of things that we say are awesome on the trip. Yeah. But it was cool. It was, it was like this little family run, like, uh, it was Mexican, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It was Mexican cuisine. Um, and we got, well, I got a, uh, it was called a California burrito, and we got it with Adopt-A-Panda meat, yeah. which is actually Atapada meat, but we, whenever it was written down on the paper, looked yeah. like it said Adopt-A-Panda.
1: Not, not only did the people at Black Rifle retail store tell us where to eat, but they told us what to eat, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So, they had, obviously, they're like, oh, we eat there all the time. I was like, how far away is it? They're like, it's right there, and I could see it through the glass window. It was, like, across the parking lot. Yeah. So, Super close, and what's funny is on our last full day there we ended the trip with these same two stops. We went back to Black Rifle and back to Los bolitos because they were open late, yeah, so uh just kind of brought everything full full circle and um but then so day two there was our first full day
0: yeah let's hit let's hit some highlights,
1: yeah and then we'll... yeah, so um day two we decided to spend the day in Austin, so we I had plans, and I spoke with uh, a producer for Drinkin' Bros podcast, and we traveled up to Austin to go to their studio, mm-hmm. which is in an undisclosed location, Yep. and um, once we were there, it was awesome. Uh, we got there in the middle of a show recording, so we just kind of had to sit in the corner and shut up for a little bit, and then between shows, they rec- they recorded two shows that day. Each of their shows is about an hour. There was mm-hmm. about an hour of downtime between, and everybody there was super friendly. From Rob Fox to Dan Register to Giorgio, Dan Holloway was there, and uh, High Tower Sean was there too. I didn't talk to Sean that much; uh, he seemed pretty quiet. But talked to both Dan's obviously, and yeah. Giorgio was hilarious as expected, and uh, Rob Fox was was awesome to talk with. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was it was cool. I I don't really listen to the to the Drinking Bros podcast much. Um, I honestly. I've said it before, but I don't really listen to podcasts much. I'm a much more visual person, so I like to see what I'm experiencing, which is why movies are great for me and, and video games as well. Um, that's also why I don't really read a lot of books is because uh, I like to see the visuals. But anyways.
1: Yeah. So we got there. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's this it's, it's this gigantic podcast network. They do video and audio. Um, they have an, an enormous audience, millions of listeners. And, uh, between their shows, they have like a regular drinking bros show. They have fake news, American party. Um, they have, um, a sports show where they talk about sports and sports betting. Um, and then they have like one with Jack Mandeville, Friday night, Jack sesh. And then, um, so I just wanted to ask Greg real quick to get his reaction afterwards after, you know, seeing it and thinking about it. What did you think of their studio and how they ran their shows and how, how, how was your experience while we were there?
0: Well, I was looking at it uh, almost purely from like an equipment and production side of things, um, not necessarily the topic, but as far as how the um, as far as how the studio was laid out with relation to their topic, um, they they had a lot of stuff that was was really relevant to their show, um, which really I think draws in people visually for their video side of things. Um, as far as the actual studio space, aside from the the things that they talk about, Um, they, they did a very good job with, with lighting and camera setup. Um, it seemed like they had their colors pretty dialed in. Um, they used, I'm pretty sure exclusively Sony. So they did a good job keeping everything, um, everything unified and and connected as far as the visuals go. Most of them were the, were the alpha series cameras, um, with some small rig cages and then they had some good, uh, they had some good, um, what's the like spotlight style uh, lighting above with, with the, the giant soft boxes, which really did. I think that was their only source of light in the room. They didn't have any other like lighting on. So that being said, the room was completely lit with just the, the studio lights, which tells you they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, lighting it softly to keep a uh, natural skin tone so
1: it was pretty cool once we first got there uh, american party was being recorded which dan holloway is a host and, and so is uh, dakota meyer he's a medal of honor recipient he wasn't there he was uh hosting via skype call but it was kind of cool we, we were just told to sit on the rpr set which uh, is ross patterson revolution which is another host's show um and it was just fun like It was kind of surreal, just sitting there on a set that I had watched nearly daily for the last couple of years, and so it was cool to see.
0: I think it was a lot, a lot more of an experience for you. Um, Yeah, but uh, I mean, that it was more of an experience for you because you had listened to them. Like, if I was on uh, the Maddie and Pete show with Maddie Hapoya and Peter McKinnon, I'd, I'd like lose my crap because. I mean, I watch them on YouTube all the time, and yeah. I really look up to them, so I could only imagine, like, that's why I was taking pictures and stuff yeah. while we were there, is, like, this is probably a pretty cool moment for Tyler.
1: Yeah, it was for sure, and, like, unfortunately, Ross was out sick, but I still got to meet Dan Holloway, who I look, to, look up to a lot, and uh, even on this show, I, I, I try and, and uh, pull in and use my inner Dan Holloway for for some parts of the show, um, mm-hmm. for just how he speaks and how he... How he um, presents, presents himself for the show. So, um, that was pretty awesome. So we, we got to talk with those guys in between shows and then, uh, Rob Fox and Dan recorded, um, drinking bros fake news that, that day, which was a live show. And something that was funny was we were sitting on the American party set and Dan Jester accidentally hit the wrong camera button. And we Mm. were on, we were on screen with a bunch of live viewers for just a split second. But I went back, through the recording after we got back to the hotel and found it and took a little screen recording of it, which was pretty neat, even though it's just a split second.
0: Yeah, it's still pretty cool. It's not often you see something like that.
1: Yeah. So um, after that, we had asked those guys where they had liked to eat because I knew they'd be pretty honest with me. And they said, you know, not too far from here, there's a place called Terry Black's. So after we were done watching Drinkin' Rose, we leave their studio and head to Terry Black's, which was nearby in Austin and... That place was great. Um, awesome food, awesome, was great. awesome atmosphere. They had a ton of tables. Uh, I liked the way it was set up. I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was a barbecue place. And outside, you know, they have smokers going. There's just smells fantastic as soon as you pull in the parking lot. Yeah. And then you go inside, and somebody said it's cafeteria style, which... It wasn't like a ding in any way, but it just wasn't what I was expecting. So I get in line, and the food through the glass display just looks so good. So you go in, they give you like a lunch tray, and you pick your sides first. And then after that, you go to another station where you would pay, but before you pay, you tell them what type of barbecue you want, whether it's like a sandwich, not a sandwich, whatever. So Greg and I had eaten there. I got a T-shirt because i liked it so much i thought it was great that maybe the best meal we had down there
0: yeah it's between that and the burrito from yeah los, los bolitos is awesome yeah th- th-
1: those are the two best places yeah. i mean we went back to los bolitos but probably because it was so close i mean if terry blacks was really close to where we were staying we probably would have went there too
0: that and it was really convenient uh because we were gonna have to wake up super early yeah to get our flight home and we could just uh cut the burrito in half because it was yeah. huge and then just heat it up as like almost like
1: a breakfast. Yeah. End, so we ate breakfast at 3 a.m. in yeah. the elevator as the trip video will show. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But, uh, so after Terry Black's, we weren't sure what to do. It was, uh, 4 p.m. Yeah. And 4, 4
0: p.m. on a, what was that? Uh Thursday?
1: Yeah, it was Thursday. So we so. didn't know what to do. So I had started looking up arcades in Austin to go to. So, um, Found an arcade. Pictures looked good. Looked like a good selection of games, but they were closed until six. So I found this other place called Cidercade in Austin. So we leave. Can't remember. It Wasn't that long of a drive. Twelve minutes, fifteen maybe. Uh, we get to Cidercade. It was ten bucks a piece to get in. Everything inside's on free play. I didn't really know what to expect. Had decent ratings. Yeah, it, f- food and uh, alcohol there as well.
0: Cidercade was cool because it was probably the probably the best arcade that I've been to aside from um, Replay effects, which that's not really an arcade. That's a convention yeah, event. event. Um, so that was, you know, Replay Effects was the coolest uh, place I've ever been to that had arcade machines. But being that Site side Arcade was an actual arcade, it was probably the highest quality arcade that I, I've been to in my lifetime just because they had actual games. And I don't know that I saw a single... Ticket or, like, prize game there. Yeah. It was all video game Yeah, I mean, they, stuff.
1: they had a couple, like, ticket games, but you didn't get tickets for it. Like, there were no prizes or anything. You paid 10 bucks to get in, and the building on the inside was much bigger than what I thought it was going to be from the outside. Oh, yeah. So they had, like, a huge pinball room. They had an actually, like, I hate whenever I go to places like that, and they have, like, the crappiest games. That place had great selection. They had Bubble Top Hockey. They had all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, and they had like, they had current games or or more recent games and they had older games, but they were in, the games were in good condition with the exception of Tron. Tron was a uh, a little rough yeah the, i will joystick say stick was a bit i wanted rough. to
1: play blades of steel arcade but uh it the that was the only one i went to that wasn't working right
0: yeah i, well, I don't even know if it wasn't working right we just couldn't figure it out oh
1: yeah, uh, what was that uh death ball was it death ball yeah 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 it was
0: death ball that's a, um, like
1: a brand new arcade game that was a blast
0: it was it was awesome it was kind of like kind of like a same um same type of uh
1: it's like a 2d rocket league
0: yeah 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 rocket league it Basically, it's kind of like a mix between uh, a 2D side scroller and yeah. Rocket League. But anyways, that's that's a tangent. But yeah, we finished up at a side arcade and then we went to um, we went to there was like a boardwalk. Yeah, like Riverwalk, right...
1: river they called it. Was it the Riverwalk? Th- they called it a river walk, but it wasn't mm. the same one as the one in San Antonio. Yeah. Obviously. OK, well,
0: it, it was like the river walk, uh right by um, right by the side arcade in Austin. And it, it wound down and there was a bunch of different paths and stuff. It was all lit at night. And uh and then it opened up, and there was this great view of of the city of austin and there were people like kayaking and stuff at night, but yeah, it was just a really cool atmosphere, and uh probably the most relaxing night that we were there,
1: I would say, yeah, for sure, we didn't have really anything on our agenda. no, it was just like, let's just go and see what we can find. yeah, I can't remember, um, I don't think after Terry Blacks did we get anything else to eat that night
0: um. Well, we had our stuff from Walmart that uh, we had bought. So yeah, we just kinda right.
1: snacked. That's right. But so um yeah, like other than like some of the events for the weekend, our main hangout spot was just a hotel room we were watching. Rick and Morty and Family Guy pretty much all weekend. Yeah. Yep. And then Friday so that was Thursday. Friday was um was
0: the first day of practice. So essentially how the schedule went was uh Friday was the first two sessions of practice and then Saturday was the third session of practice in the morning and then qualifying for the race in the afternoon and then Sunday was the actual race so Friday we got there uh and it was it was pretty cool there was a good bit of people there um and it just grew throughout the weekend
1: yeah exponentially
0: yeah seeing how many people were there were were I'm sorry seeing how many people were there for practice uh was a really good indication as to how many people there would be for the race because I was kind of surprised by. The practice numbers. Yeah.
1: The main goal for the day was to test out a couple spots for during the sessions and see where we wanted them. Basically, the main goal for Friday and Saturday was to find the best spot for us for the race on Sunday. And we had general admission tickets. So we had access to everything, but we can't really go in the grandstands. But there are plenty of elevated grass hills around the track on purpose for people with the tickets that we got. Um, So we were able to test out quite a few places.
0: Oh yeah, that we had uh, the first place we uh, sat was the turn one, which was the most packed place during race day. Oh yeah, big time. But we we didn't sit there on uh, race day. Just just the first practice. Yeah, session. there was
1: actually some some decent amount of room on practice day, and I thought to myself that that was a lot of people until I saw how many people were in that triangle on race day. So turn one, it goes up. It's a sharp hairpin to the left and to the right. There's a grassy hill with the yeah. grandstand up there and the grassy hill is in the shape of a triangle and uh whenever we were there for first practice you know i thought it was pretty busy but i did not have the expectation of the amount of people that were packed into there um it's a grass hill and from where we sat we could see it and uh you couldn't see any grass yeah during the yeah, race. yeah it, it was it was crazy um it was like standing room only if you took a chair you weren't allowed yeah basically
0: so we'll get back to the rest of our trip, but to to get to um, our actual focus of the podcast, we'll we'll talk about some movies right now. Um, the pretty much the only one that I brought being that this is a shorter episode, uh, I wanted to talk about Speed Racer, which I think is is overlooked a lot of times because it's seen as being um, pretty juvenile, uh, just like the the topic or the idea yeah. of Speed Racer. But the movie is very well done uh, in the sense that, like I kind of categorize movies that are that are moving and that are works of art in their, their, I would call them like film. Yeah. Like I think there's a difference between films and movies. Yeah, me too. Someone would argue there's, there's no difference that the words are synonymous, but, um, there, there are some things that I would say are much more, um, impactful and drive home a message. And then there are movies that are just purely fun to watch. Like, um, uh, what, what's, what's the free guy just came out with Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Uh, free guy was, was a really fun movie to watch. It wasn't like necessarily groundbreaking or, you know, the absolutely best story, but it was really fun. And the same thing goes for speed racer. And, uh, I think one of the one of the best things about that movie, uh, movie, aside from the fact that like it's very colorful and they're you know they they represent like that manga style very well, uh, the the reveal at the end of the movie or like the you it's, know the it's third, a, the a third racer act, X. yeah, Racer X actually being um, Speed's brother, yes, uh, that was that was really cool because honestly I hadn't read or watched any of the old Speed Racer cartoons. So I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even know if he was a character in them. Like, I, did, I went into that movie blind as a kid. Yeah. And seeing that uh, reveal was really cool. Um,
1: That's one of the most satisfying, momentum-moving CGI shots ever where... Speed is spun out in that in that like funnel, mm-hmm. and he finally gets the car after it has stalled, and he gets us to start, and he does like a, a loop around, and then as he goes past the camera, he goes on to a straightaway, and it's like a single shot
0: yep. that
1: follows him, and it is just very like isn't, satisfying. Isn't that to the watch. same
0: shot where everyone's like it, like talking to him? You know, um, like he's, I, he's recalling I things. So. I, I think so. I think so. He's like and, gaining. It, his,
1: his brother is watching the race from like the booth, and mm-hmm. he's saying to listen to the car. And so he's trying yeah. to listen to it, and then he hits, he hits it, and it, it starts off. But
0: yeah, it's one of those movies where like, it's not. I mean there there are moments when it's campy, um, but it, it still it still takes itself seriously. Yeah, like it you know it it's respecting the story without like downplaying it with goofy humor. Um,
1: yeah, it's so. not. It's not. It doesn't feel campy yeah like it takes itself seriously but yeah it feels stylized it is incredibly colored there's even a few sections where like uh you you go into speed's imagination almost where cars are like like he's drawing a car on a piece of paper and uh you go into his imagination of the car and how it's going and like the way it it like swoops through and like makes reality into like butter or water and Mm -hmm. just it's it's just like a very tranquil kind of scene and also, like, it's super colorful movie. Yeah. Um,
0: kind of similar to the, to the vibe that I get, uh, or that I got from watching Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Like, Scott Pilgrim, you know, the story
1: was still there, um, but, you know, it was very stylized and yeah. unique to its own. Scott Pilgrim, like, gets campy because, like, he wants, like, it wants to be, whereas, like, campy movies, they're trying to take themselves seriously, and they're just so campy, they kind of suck. But, yeah, um, yeah so... I think that movie's like one of the most underrated films in general just because it, it is good and it, it the amount of work that went into it is pretty incredible.
0: And I think as a kid, that was the first time I had seen somebody flip the bird on a movie because <laughs> I remember that being like a, a semi big deal when I saw it. Like all my friends were like, oh, like somebody threw up the middle finger in that oh, movie. Yeah. It was like, it's like it's not, a- not a big deal. Now, but it's uh, like in Star, as a kid, I was it's like, like
1: it's like in Star Crossed on Justice League. Whenever Green Lantern says, "Kiss my axe. Yeah. as a kid, I was like,
0: "Oh, oh I just kind of <laughs> swore." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I, uh, I I did like that movie. Um, probably won't won't really uh, go into much else about it, just because it's a pretty pretty simple movie done, I think, fairly well. And, yeah, um, I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's one of those race movies that people just kind of not necessarily overlooked but they just kind of forget about it. Yeah, if
1: you can understand and realize stylized films and you have kids and you enjoy vehicles together like they love Hot Wheels or something, it's a great pick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um Tyler, did you have what 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 did you have to talk about? I wanted to
1: talk about Rush since we went to the Formula 1 race. Rush is a Formula 1 true story. It's not like a biopic quite. Um it's about a rivalry that actually happened in the 70s and uh, it's between Nikki Lauda and James Hunt and the true story i mean the movie sticks pretty pretty true to to how it is they they don't really over dramatize too much um but the sets and um sound design and the acting are, are fantastic in it uh, i mean it's one of Chris Hemsworth's first like main lead roles i believe um other very, than other other than, other than like Thor um Yeah, he does a good performance in that, and something else I like is both actors uh, look very similar to their real-life counterparts at that time period, and I like the feel it has, I like the music, Um, it's directed by Ron Howard, and so it just has a cool feel to it, and what is on the line, like it's one of those films where like real life was dramatic enough. They didn't have to overdo it. Like Nikki Lauda gets into a life altering accident in the film that actually happened and there's footage of it and they make the footage in the film match the footage that actually happened. Yep. And, and there's a bunch of things like that and it has like some very touching and good dialogue towards the end with uh, the only voiceover of the film. um, It's very, very easily like a, a true story that just didn't need anything else added to it. Like, you didn't have to make something that was already cool any cooler because whenever people do that, they usually ruin it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, in movies like that, you're trying to portray reality in a sense. It's not it's not a documentary, but it's, you know, the telling of a true story. Yeah. So there's no need to embellish. Um, I mean, obviously, there are certain aspects of filmmaking that just naturally lend itself to being more dramatized, whether that be sound design or camera work or, or you know, the instrumentals and, and soundtrack. Uh, those things add drama and suspense. Yeah. Um, but in in Rush, it just accompanied it very well and uh, and partnered with the story that was already existing. There was really no need to um, embellish it at all.
1: Yeah, something I just wanted to touch on real quick about that I really enjoy is it's one of the only films that really brings weather into its environment and its set because uh long story short the 1976 season was the, the finale of the season was the deciding factor in who won the championship and it was raining and just the way they do the rain it feels very claustrophobic visibility is low and they still keep it exciting like it's not it's not boring uh and like i can probably count on one hand like the amount of films that have like unpredictable weather that's done like in a way like almost every movie like the the weather and the situation is perfect and the movie's more about like the dialogue and stuff but this one that environment is very important because yeah. it actually impacts how the championship ends up and the risk that James Hunt took I, I, to win the championship. I
0: would say I would say a good way to put it is um the the weather in the end of that movie partners with the story whereas some other movies that do weather very well it's almost the focus it's like okay well there's this there's this horrible it's like the the weather is almost uh the antagonist in in a sort of a way like they're fighting against it whereas the the weather in this movie uh and the different um problems that it causes on the track is really just an obstacle the main focus and the main conflict is still the race and the championship yeah
1: so I think one of the only other films that does like bad weather in a vehicle really well is We Own the Night, which I don't think you've seen. It's a Mark Wahlberg, uh, Joaquin Phoenix movie, and there's like a car chase in it and it's raining uh, just incredibly hard. And uh, it just adds to the atmosphere and intensity to it with like wipers going and the sound design and how the wipers mm-hmm. are and. Um, I believe that movie takes place in the in either the 70s or 80s, and it's like a a cop gangster movie yeah. kind of. It's
0: little things like that that people take for granted whenever they're watching movies. I mean, how it, every single day of your life you experience weather in some fashion or another. So it's it's not anything out of the ordinary to see, you know, a rainstorm. Like yeah. it's not like your your life is going to uh, completely be changed because you see a movie where there's a rainstorm in it. But, you know, it's a it's a storytelling aspect that needs to be um, represented well whenever filming and, and creating the movie, because if not, well, the same thing replies in reverse. You've seen a rainstorm hundreds, probably thousands of times. Yeah. Uh, so you're going it, to, it'll pull you out of it if it doesn't look real. So, you know, from a storytelling aspect, you know, it's there, it's the filmmaker's job to make sure they represent reality in a, in a way that keeps the viewers in the story. Yeah,
1: so. and in and, and, and that one...
0: Who, who, who would think that we'd be talking about the weather? Yeah,
1: eventually uh, in, in Rush, the weather almost is like an antagonist. It, it, it is what causes the risk and what creates the suspense in that final race because if, if you watch it and pay attention to what's going on, there isn't really much else going on except for one person driving as fast as they can in one of the world's fastest cars against the worst weather, so that was one I wanted to talk about. I'll talk about um, Formula One drive to survive a little bit later on, real quick. That, that just something that uh, something that it has caused, especially in the United States, that really helped with something over the course of our trip. So um, we left off. It was Friday practice day. So next would be Saturday, which is practice three in the morning. And then in the afternoon is qualifying. So each session is an hour long, except for the race. It's about two hours. So we, in total over the weekend, we saw six hours of Formula One cars on track, which is the highest class in racing. Um there were also a couple junior series there. There was W Series, which is an all-female series, and also Formula 4, which is a junior series. Those kids are like 14, 15, and 16, I believe, and they're trying to basically make their way up up the uh, chain. Fantastic drivers. Though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. their limitation is the car that they're in. And, and we saw those cars first. Uh, before we saw Formula One, and I thought those were cars were really quick going around the track. But then when when Formula One cars fired up, and it, got was out there, it was unreal. It was day and night difference. It was like watching a, a moped versus a MotoGP bike. Um, yeah, and um, so just just for reference, these cars.
0: Well, first of all, everything's bigger in Texas, which we saw to be truth yes. uh when we were there like the speed limit on the roads that we were on was like 85, 85. <laughs> which is crazy because here in pa i think the highest is 70. 70 on the interstate yeah so um but those those f1 cars were going anywhere between 160 to 200 miles an hour basically at all times
1: yeah the uh, the slowest corners turn one which is that tight hairpin to the left after that there's pretty much mm, turn turn 11's a little tight yeah but, like, turn 12 is a 90-degree turn. They take that going, going like, 90 maybe. Yeah. But but the corner me and Greg ended up sitting at for the race. They were doing 160 around a corner near yeah. us. Yeah,
0: it was insane.
1: Uh, down the back straight, which is where we sat for practice three on Saturday morning, they were doing 200 past us, Yeah, um, which was absolutely incredible. Um, I wanted to try and hit up the, the fastest part of the track to really get a sense of how quickly they were going by us. And luckily, um, so Friday was... It was only 84 degrees, but we burned so bad. It The, the Texas it was, sun really cooked yeah, us. Yeah, it, w- it was bad. I it, mean, was, it was almost miserable, but for some reason, once the cars got out, uh, it, it wasn't miserable anymore. It was, it was pretty fun. But So Saturday, we were very hesitant to just sit somewhere in the sun. But with general admission tickets... We found a big tent! Yeah, <laughs> yes. With general admission tickets, we don't really have the, the greatness of a canopy or anything. So uh, in the infield... We found this gigantic a big, tent. A big tent, a gigantic tent with picnic tables under it, and we took full advantage. We were there almost all day uh, until qualifying was. Did we did, I think we started qualifying on the back straight and we finished it at uh, turns. Um,
0: mm, I don't remember. Fifteen, I, sixteen,
1: seventeen. I think. I think
0: uh, sixteen, seventeen, and
1: eighteen. I think. Um,
0: were we? I thought we were there for all of qualifying. Okay,
1: so we moved right before qualifying started. As I say, I
0: don't think there was a time when, aside from me getting up to take pictures, where yeah. we were walking around while they were doing something on the okay. track.
1: Yeah, so, so we got up and moved before qualifying started in the afternoon. We were sitting near, let me see here, 16, 17, and 18 is what we could see. And so... To me, from the sky, I'm looking at an overview of the track. That is almost a half circle, and it's pretty pretty large. and And the the speed trap around there catches them doing 160 around a corner. Um, so it was a pretty good crowd there. And something that we saw during qualifying was that there was a footbridge that we took to get there, and underneath the footbridge was shade, which was like gold around that place. And yeah. We I saw a, it. an enormous I it. crowd of people under this footbridge.
0: My body can't take the heat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> we uh, we decided that uh, Sunday morning we were going to get there early and try and hoof it to this footbridge to sit under it.
0: We were like we were like spies routing out like pretty much coordinates in this place. Yeah. We were, we we're like, all right, when we get here, we need to go up this road. Yeah, make a right, book it to the footbridge. Yeah, it, we we're like we we're like trying to route out our our. Uh, our way to get there because yeah. there were. Well, I think this is probably a good time to talk about how many people were
1: there. Yeah, so um, Saturday there was a ton, but Sunday was the money maker. Um, broke the record for what whatever record it was there. Um, there were four hundred thousand people. That's almost that half event. a million. Yeah, that's a
0: hundred thousand away from
1: half a million. Yeah. I mean, so just to put that in context, the, the highest attended Super Bowl is one hundred and three thousand, um, and then one of the highest attended soccer games in the world was 109,000. So for the 2021 United States Grand Prix, 400,000 blows everything else in sports out of the water. Yeah. Um, Aside
0: from but, maybe the Olympics, and even then I don't even know if there's
1: yeah, I don't think there's 400,000 people there. Yeah. But, it, it was um, crazy. Greg and I got a, well Greg more than me got a bunch of pictures and video of just to try and put in perspective how many people were there, which was pretty insane and
0: yeah, there were two two things that were really hard to capture was the the size of the uh, of the audience, and the speed of
1: the cars. Yeah, for sure, very difficult. Um, so let's go to Sunday. We get up early, head to the track. It's an hour away from where we're staying. We get to the track, we get in line, which we thought we were early, but people in front, I'm pretty sure, were there since three a.m. What well, we got there. At 7 mm. o'clock and the gates open at 8.30.
0: Yeah, somewhere around there.
1: So the race wasn't until...
0: There were about 200 people in front of us, yeah, I would say.
1: I can't remember exactly what time the race started, but it wasn't until the afternoon, probably 2 o'clock, I think. I think the race ran from 2 to 4. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure because they had the W, uh, the w Series race yeah. and everything. So Yeah, before
1: that. So um, we get in. Security check was fine and everything getting in. We, we hoof it over to our spot. We want to get... Luckily, there's some room... There's already people there, though. Um, We were going in around... uh, But we fought our way through. (laughs) (laughs) We went in at turn 11 and and worked our way through a couple uh, foot bridges to get there. And we ended up getting... Pretty much the spot we wanted. My only problem was we weren't directly under the footbridge. We were to the left of it. So I was like, I wasn't paying attention to which way the sun was coming up. I didn't know if we were still going to cook or not. Well, actually, as the day progressed, it was very overcast God all day. God is good. <laughs> yeah. It was very overcast all day. So I wasn't sure if like if, if the sun was going to show its face, um, if we would be safe or not. But luckily, um, it was actually at an angle and we were in the shadow.
0: In and it was corner. raining a little bit that yeah, day too. That,
1: yeah. It was misting pretty much all morning which felt real nice i
0: don't think anybody was uh, expecting that either which i was just like oh it's a little bit of mist whatever and uh I, you know i was just thinking of like okay am i gonna get wet am i gonna have to you know yeah be careful with my camera equipment type stuff i mean my stuff's weather sealed but still you gotta be you gotta be careful and yes. then i it kind of dawned on me I was like oh crap this could affect uh how these racers drive you know th- this might be interesting to yeah see. Uh, but I, I think by the time the race came, it was, it was hot enough and the sun was out long enough that the track was no longer wet.
1: It was, but what happens is over the course of a weekend, they pretty much rubber in the track, which means they, they leave enough rubber around that makes it a little bit more sticky, but the rain overnight Sunday and I'm sorry, Saturday into Sunday really made it like what they call a green track where they're kind of starting from scratch. So, Hmm. uh, the track seemed very abrasive. They had to do two pit stops, which is kind of rare seems like most tracks, majority on the calendar, they do one stop at. And some of the rules, real quick, um, just not not to make this any longer, but uh, you have to make a pit stop if if it's dry. You start on a tire, and you have to switch to another tire. I believe there's three av- available per race. Typically, there's a soft, a medium, and a hard. Um But if it's raining, you don't have to stop. You can race on intermediates or full wets, depending on how Mm. insanely pooling the water is. Things like that. These cars still go in the water, even unlike things like NASCAR. Um so Sunday That NASCAR. Yeah, we get to our spot. Um we were sitting on a grass hill underneath a footbridge. Didn't want to sit on the grass much longer because it was wet. Um, so Greg went and found a flag I to sit flag. on. He bought a McLaren F1 flag for it, us to sit on.
0: Yeah. I went to this booth. I was like, uh, you guys got any flags? He's like, let me look. And then he came out with one. He's like, is this okay? It's like, I don't even care what it looks like. I want it. It's <laughs> so that my butt doesn't get wet. And
1: It so, ended up being a McLaren flag, yeah.
0: which we were rooting for McLaren. So yeah. So Daniel Ricardo.
1: Yeah. So, uh, we ended up sitting there for a while and then I got up <clears throat> and I found two red seat pads. So I bought those. So, like, day of, we, like, makeshifted our little camp we had going on. It was pretty legit. I got two giant bags of popcorn. (laughs) Yeah, gigantic bags of popcorn that we blew through throughout the day. Um, And Greg had his tripod set up, and luckily we weren't, like, obstructing anybody else's view or anything. Yeah. Really wasn't in the way. Eventually, you know, more and more crowds started coming around us, and we are kind of boxed in. So, like, if you need to go to the bathroom, you kind of had to... Rudely step in front of people. Yeah.
0: People were not happy when I got up to go take pictures. Yes. Because I had to like walk in front of them. Which whatever. Like y- there has to be some kind of grace. Like yeah. people were walking in front of us and we didn't make a big
1: fuss. Yeah, it wasn't and a big pe- deal. People were like
0: we we walking yeah. in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: um but the race was awesome. It was two uh right around right around two hours long. Uh, who who won? Was that uh Verstappen won? Verstappen, that's right. Uh it was a pretty good race, um just for people that <clears throat> I'm not going to explain all the terminology, but basically Verstappen had pole. He started first. Hamilton beat him to turn one and kind of put forced him off the track a little bit, and he took a big lead, and Verstappen undercut him for both pit stops to pass him in the pits to um, basically take the win. Yeah. Um, so Verstappen won. It was a really entertaining race. There was a lot of drama, and something that made the whole experience great was right in front of us across the track was a gigantic jumbotron with with the TV live feed on it. Yeah, it was very. It, it was probably the best spot. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. There, I, I know those are those are elsewhere around the track, but we had a great great view of it, and it was right in front of us. Um, it actually went out momentarily for a couple of laps, and as soon as it came back on, you would have Everyone's thought like, you would have thought the Beatles came off a bus by the amount of cheering that happened. Yeah. Um the cars were so loud I nearly had to get earplugs they were they were pretty I did make makeshift earplugs yeah, at one pretty point pretty loud um <clears throat> It was just great to just get your adrenaline going, just watching them. Um, I enjoy motorsports, so definitely wanted to talk about that and motorsports movies this episode to kind of mix two of my passions of movies and, and motorsports together.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll get back and record another episode, um, or at least include it in an aspect of an episode where we talk more about racing movies or car movies in general, but yeah. we just kind of wanted to talk about our trip because um, it's you know, very very much related to, to us as um As cousins and as uh, hosts of this show. So you get to know us a little bit better what we're interested
1: in. Probably Um, the worst part of the trip was trying to leave the track. Uh, Took us about, I think we sat still for four hours. Eh, Three hours maybe? No, it was,
0: on the way out, it was like, on the way, yeah, on the way out, it was like two and a half. I mean, total. Maybe it was four from the
1: time we got to the car to the time we got to the hotel.
0: Yeah, that, that's more accurate because it took about an hour and a half once yeah. we got out of there to get home So or um, get to the hotel. Our little
1: parking lot that we were in was very well placed for us getting to the track and back to the car. But once we were in the car, getting out onto the main road was very poor. And oh, supposedly- horrible. Supposedly, somebody was directing traffic, and they bailed on their responsibility to do so, so um, it was left up to just whoever was in the car to cut people off and make their way onto their main road. Well, it was wasn't one, there, one lane each way.
0: There was like a couple of teenagers that were directing traffic, and somebody to, told them to buzz off. Yeah,
1: and, uh, yeah, basically, and they listened for whatever reason, but regardless, it yeah. um, took us a while, but we eventually got out of there. And made our way back to San Antonio and before we went back to the hotel for our last night there, um, we stopped at Black Rifle Coffee for a final time and we also uh, went to Los Bolitos to get those burritos hey, that we Los really like. And um
0: Gimme those chips.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they had an awesome salsa bar. Yeah, um, it's great. But uh then from there we went back to the hotel, crashed. Well we, we finished packing and then we crashed and then uh we, we fell uh, asleep watching Rick and Morty. Yeah. For the fifth time yep. And then we got up at think at 2.30 or 3 Yeah it was 2.30 To get our 5 o'clock flight to Baltimore And then we had to layover I
0: basically slept every single moment that I had the opportunity yeah, to Yeah Greg
1: slept a lot on the plane um, I slept in the airport Yeah in the airport as listening well Listening to music So um, yeah we got to Baltimore. Had a quick layover, enough time to get lunch, and we made it back to Pittsburgh. We had a forty-minute flight to, from Baltimore to Pittsburgh, and we made it back here. It's by one o'clock. We got yeah. out of the airport by. Listen to an audio book to help with it. it was yeah, kind of nice. Yeah, I listened to the Terminal List by Jack Carr, and it was read by Ray Porter, which was very entertaining and made the day go by a bit quicker. So
0: yeah. So overall, it was it was a great trip. Um, like, like we said, there's going to be some form of a, a recap video on my YouTube channel. Um, for those of you who, who have, uh, been listening and care to watch, that's, <laughs> that, I mean, feel free to look at it. Um, so we're going to try to get that out ASAP, but we have a lot of stuff to go through and, uh, it's kind of difficult just to tell, on my tell cell phone just like on that. my
1: cell phone I had 130 images and videos and then that's not including your phone both of our DSLRs and the GoPro yeah and I nuts. was very generous with the GoPro and how much I used it for unnecessary things yeah
0: <laughs> I mean that's uh, I got some buttery smooth stuff with my, with my Nikon, especially once I had it on the tripod. But anyways, all out of that,
1: the whole trip, to say. out of the whole trip, I got one good DSLR picture and it's of Max Verstappen who won the race. And it, that thing is crisp. Yeah, it was very and I nice. I did that on the fly with a manual focus. I am proud of myself.
0: Yeah, it was very good. It, it was a good shot. Um. But yeah, oh, we didn't even talk about the River Walk, which that was okay. San Antonio Riverwalk. Walk. Uh, you was talk, pretty, talk about that
1: picture you took, the, yeah. the long the long exposure picture. That that was that was pretty
0: cool. Yeah, I'll kind of wrap it, wrap things up with this. So, um,
1: um, what? I'm sorry. What night was that? Was that s-
0: that was before the
1: race? So Saturday? that would have been Saturday night. Saturday night. Okay. Yeah, that would have been Instead Saturday of, night yeah. before
0: the race, um, because the race was a Sunday morning. So we went to uh, San Antonio. We've been looking forward to the Riverwalk. We had heard great things about it. I think I was picturing something more like, like Market Square in Pittsburgh at night, or like maybe similar. Vi- I mean, obviously it's not the city like New York, but similar vibes to like Market, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Station Square in uh, New York City. Like I was just kind of picturing m- like a little bit more Times Square. Is yeah, the, yeah, not Station Square, Times Square.
1: Station Square, I think, is in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're good.
0: <clears throat> but anyways, I was just picturing a little bit of a different vibe. Um, but it was cool. They had the the river there, and they had a bunch of these like tour boats uh, that were going by, and they had these LEDs on them. So I got up on one of the bridges. Uh, there were several there, and I did uh, I did a long exposure of the the boats going underneath the the bridges and into the tunnels, and the illumination that it gave on the water as well as on the walls of the tunnels. And it was a cool it was a cool picture. I was glad that we went there. Just even. You know, to get that photo. Yeah,
1: we were right near one of the tunnels that the boats go into that is actually not lit at all inside. So that was pretty. Let me see. I
0: think I have. I think I have it um, here. But, I mean, the trip the trip overall was good. Um, I love to travel. I love travel videography and. Um, other than the race, like that.
1: yeah. Other than the race, my favorite things were uh, Drinking Bros podcast and the Black Rifle Store. And uh, I mean, obviously, everywhere we ate, except for maybe one place, was fantastic food the whole way around. No complaints. Um, yeah, honestly, it was, uh, it, it was a we nice ate, atmosphere. Everybody we ate was great. everybody down there was more than polite. Great hospitality. But uh, it was a great trip. That was my first time to Texas. I'm um, hoping to go back. Uh, I think my biggest issue I had was like some dust. Affecting my sinuses, um, but yeah, other than
0: that... I, I even had some issues coming back.
1: My <clears> my allergies were acting up. As soon as we got back in the plane and started heading back up here, they seemed to not happen anymore, so...
0: Well, here, I don't know if I can turn this. I might bump the mic or something That's a little okay. bit. But,
1: yeah. Oh, nice. So Greg showed me his long exposure uh, photo from the river walk. I really like the umbrella seats on the left there, but... Yeah. If you guys want to check out what Greg Greg and I are talking about right now, check out his Instagram. I'm sure he'll have it up there.
0: Yep, I'll be posting this one uh, as soon as I finalize it. There's a couple more things i got to do to work on it, but um, I'll be posting pictures from the trip on our Instagram, which I think we talked about our handles already, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, so um, go and check that out, and then uh, check it out on YouTube once the video's out, but... Um, aside from that, that's probably going to be about it for this episode. Yep. good to um, go, I think. Yeah, we just wanted to talk about our trip, uh, throw a couple racing movies in there. Um, check out Drive to Survive on oh, Netflix. Yeah. Um,
1: real quick, I think the the enormous uh, gain in viewers and the fans in the United States is due to Drive to Survive, which is a Netflix docu-series. It's 10 episodes a season that follows a different team every episode and um, just shows like the drama and things that go on behind the scenes. And I know like 9 out of 10 people that I talked with there when I asked them how long they've been fans they said since I saw Drive to Survive which is I think 3 seasons deep now um and this season of racing is actually probably the best season in general that that I've seen since I've been paying attention which has been about another 10 or 15 years so um if you have Netflix and you care to see what Formula 1's all about check out Drive to Survive yeah and then other than that I'm good
0: yeah Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. Is definitely a little bit of an offshoot episode. Um, Probably the closest thing to like a sports episode that we'll we'll ever have. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a nice, relaxing uh, chill time. We just recorded our our Halloween episode, so if you're just catching this one without having listened to that one, check um, that one out next. Check it out because even. Uh, it's more, it's more horror related, yes. so uh, not just specific to Halloween. So go and check that out. We had our, our first guest, uh, David, and uh, it was it was a great episode. So uh, aside from that, that's going to wrap things up. Thank yep. you for listening. My name is Greg Miller. I'm Tyler Brewer, and this has been just a tangent. Thank you. Frankly, my dear, I don't. You're going to need so a bigger boat. So ahead. we're going. We don't need hey, my, my dear. Keep the change, you filthy giant. animal. Nope, was a bad choice. That's all. You're killing me. So you're telling me there's a change. Life moves pretty fast. To be continued.